a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. You're locked on to Han Solson and Scotty Chick. Chick, Chick. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Monday, everybody. A lot of good stuff over the weekend. We'll get to jazz coming up a little bit later on in the show. You seen Danny any- Ainge tries to dismantle a team and they still go to Toronto and win. Yeah, great job. Yeah. Have you seen any overnights on the Super Bowl numbers? Ooh, I have not. I've, I haven't seen anything. Usually I've got something in the morning that I'm able to at least get an initial look at the magnitude, the size of the viewership. And obviously the Super Bowl viewership overshadows anything by probably double or more. The Super Bowl is just become this completely separate beast and entity. But I was curious what this one reached with it being Philly and Kansas City. Yeah, I Kansas City is becoming that tear and I didn't exactly want them to win. I wanted maybe some new blood with Philly, but I do love seeing Philadelphia lose. I can't stand the Philly fans. Um, let's see here. Uh, this is just a quick, uh, quick search here. Um, up a bit, 36.7 million households viewing the contest. That's up from 36.5 million last year. So what would you put an average of four and maybe six? Well, you've got these Super Bowl parties where you've got nine to 20. Yeah. So let's just say a lot of people. Um, the rating at the halftime show or the numbers, 28.5 million households uh, watch the halftime show. That's down slightly from 28.7 last year. So the game itself is up, the halftime show down. Not surprising. No. Because, uh, you know, I think it had a, last year's had a more broader appeal than uh, what we saw yesterday. Yeah, much like, like I'm not hating. It's just not my thing. No, it's, it's just trash. Well, I mean, it's trash to you, but there's like I said, I was at a party where there were like a bunch of people that were just glued to it. 
because they thought it was the greatest thing but, ever. But even you said it was like teenage girls. Yeah. How yeah, many, yeah. How many yeah. of those are actually watching football? I mean, you got none. Appeal to the guys that are that are there, the girls that love the game. These not yeah, these, but all the guys are there for the for the football. And what's going to bring other people to yard? Yeah. Well, yeah, but that halftime, the halftime brought the halftime brought us to the yard. Well, I I get that. Maybe they are trying to appeal to a different audience. Yeah. But get, like, I can't stand the Taylor Swift era. I can't stand the Justin Bieber. I can't stand this Rihanna. I can't stand any of them. They're just. But we're old, and we are old. They're I just know. Old. I, I just I hated the show. The stage was cool. Hey, the floating uh, stage was cool. I'm going to give her a lot of credit. There was a camera angle, and because I'd refilled my plate, came in, sat down, and it was near the end, and she was up on that on that platform. And when they did a close up, that thing was shaking. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I don't look. Obviously, she's lip syncing. She's not really singing. No, but I'm watching that thing wobble up, and she's you know seventy feet up in the air. I'm and thinking, pregnant. And pregnant. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" I'd be losing my mind right now if I were her. Yeah. So props to her for that. You know, there's one or two singers kind of from that. Like I, I could watch a little Selena Gomez. At least she's know, got some hits. I know you love Selena. She got some hits. You say at least she has some hits. Okay, Rihanna has quite a few. Rihanna, quite okay. a few hits. I don't mean to. <laughs> Not like, as many as Selena. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like no. Way more. <laughs> I hate to there, tell you. There's that. Rihanna the singer, and then there's Selena, who's a little bit as far as accolades and I, albums. And I think she's like hits. worth for like over a billion dollars. Who? Like Rihanna, I think. Oh no! Like I think so. I mean, you should see net worth. Like I think she's worth like a lot. I mean, she's had a lot of hits. Selena Gomez is acting on some Amazon show with Martin Short right now. Like that's where her career is. <laughs> and it, I'm not hating. It's a good show. Actually, sounds like a pretty good gig. It's called. Oh, all, are you being all, serious? All, yeah, it's a Martin Martin Short, and uh, I think it's called Martin. No, it's not Martin. It's Martin. Called, yeah, it's definitely not that show. It's, it's actually called All the Murders in the Building. It's actually a really good show. You should watch. I think you'd like it, Lloyd. Is okay. she a good actor? She's a great actor. Better actor than a singer, that's for sure. Okay, look, you can't just be throwing great actor all willy-nilly. I'm You're getting pretty I'm loose. Serious. Really? Go watch Are you serious? It. It's on Amazon. It's called All the Murders in the Building. I just don't think great actors really are just going to Amazon. She does a good job. Okay. Amazon right. Prime? Yeah. Uh, Lloyd, yeah. I don't think where, that's where the great actors would be like, you know what? This is where I'm going to... Make Amazon Prime? Most of them are. Stop. Get out of here. When Brad Pitt's like, you know what I'm going to do? I got me a show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Let's go. that's what I'm saying. I don't uh, see Brad Pitt being like, hey. Bradley you, Cooper did a okay, T-Mobile commercial There you go, Bradley yesterday. Cooper. That's the thing. There used to be guys that would be like, hey, I'm in movies now. I can't do a commercial or I can't go to Amazon. I can't do any of that stuff. I'm only a movie star. But now that's all thrown out the window. Everybody okay. can do whatever they right. want. Absolutely. Robert De Niro was doing like a Netflix or Amazon He deal. did. Yeah, Joe Pesci. Yeah, that's because he's at the end of his, like, he's almost dead. I don't know, Lloyd. Like, the big ones are doing it. And I think his career has been dead for no, a while. It has, okay, Lloyd. Whose career? Okay, so, oh. so who do you look at as a great actor right now? Right now? Yeah. Oh. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> <laughs> He does. He did a Netflix thing. Yes, he did. Yeah. I still think Brad Pitt's there. Um, Brad Pitt did a Netflix movie. Oh, uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Stop. Ooh, I'm not kidding. I like him. Yeah, I know you yeah, like him. I but think, I don't know if Shia's been in any, anything lately. I think he's in jail. And isn't it Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. It's one of the two. 
I it's it might be Shia LaBeouf, it might be Shia LaBeouf, but I I don't know. Is it LaBeouf? No, I think it's LaBeau. Is it, Shia. It's LaBeef. It's LaBeef. Yeah, from, <laughs> I, that's what I was actually trying to think of. The- yeah, for True Grit. LaBeef. Uh, oh, well, oh, okay, perfect example. Matt Damon is still a big name. He just did a Netflix deal. He did. Are you interested? What did he do? Uh, I can't remember what it was, but he was—he's got a Netflix. They, Martian, he, he Marshall. Bought, no, he, the he, Martians. Yeah, he bought a zoo somewhere. And uh, anyway, that's actually a great movie. I know you liked it. <laughs> that's I know. a great movie. I cry every single time. I know you do. What's it about? Well, they bought a zoo. That's all you need to know. <laughs> well, no, really. Like, no. What's what, what, the part of it? <laughs> no, they—they no, uh, they actually bought a zoo, and that's the movie. An actual zoo. Okay. Who would you rather seen at halftime? Taylor Swift, Rihanna, or um, Ariana Grande? Because I'd take Rihanna out of those three. I, I would take another plate of nachos is what I'm going to take. <laughs> I don't know. Going for my third third helping. Uh, probably Taylor Swift, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, well, uh, all three of them, you're right. All three of them are... Let's go get another plate. Yeah. And that's fine. Wait, what? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you could have the perfect halftime show, who would you have? Because honestly, I think- I feel la- like we nearly it, had I think, it. I think last reunion. year might have been- Okay. So my perfect halftime? Yeah. I mean, Neil in his prime? Because he's not in his well, prime anymore. Yeah. Neil in his prime would be great. Smashing Pumpkins would be great in their prime. There's there's a few bands that we could go through that are childhood, but if we're talking realistically, yeah, it would be last year's halftime, include Ice Cube and Missy Elliott. So just last year's halftime with Dr. Dre kind of leading the way. You could go a little Eminem, you could go a little Snoop, but you got to mix in Missy Elliott and Ice Cube. That's it. Pretty much what you – actually, you said you didn't see it. The thing for the Grammys where they went through all the decades. Yeah. Like, that's – give me that. Give me the that thing through the decades. But then stop at, like, I don't know, to – you don't need to go to 2010, essentially, and on. Yeah. Like, you just need to stop right there, like, maybe 2000. Some guy just did a quick uh, Google search and tweeted at us, Rihanna is worth $1.4 billion. There you go. Can't be off her music. She owns a makeup company that okay. apparently is just blown up. Uh, the move, the show is called Only Murders in the Building, and it's on Hulu, not on Amazon. So sorry, it's on Hulu. But it's a good show. Only Murders in the Building? Yeah. Okay. I don't uh, think you have the Hulu. Yeah, no. but have you started watching Arrested Development like you said you were going to? You said you were going to start it that I night. I did. Yes, did you, I did. Did you like it? I watched uh, the very first episode. You didn't like it, did you? Did like you? It. No, you did. If you only did one, then you didn't like it. I watched That's the very okay. first episode. It, uh, it it was too jumbled. They were on a boat, and there was they talked their brother in law into thinking that he was part of like a. No, he just thought that on his own. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He went with a pirate outfit, and he just thought that he thought that's where he needed to be. <laughs> the more, I, I by the way, the more we had that text exchange about you telling him to watch Arrested Development, and I'm thinking, oh, hands like, and then I started thinking, like, eh, I thought he would, I really did, because those I'm characters like, are really funny. The more I thought about them, like, I don't know if hands are going to like this or not. Well, I've got to see Jason Bateman's pushback because that first, that first uh, 
episode. And I think you, I think you like the mom. To him leaving the family money, right? The mom's funny. The mom, she might be one of the better parts. Yeah, She's really. really funny. So he leaves the family money, correct? Correct. But then has to, then the money goes away, and then he has to keep them together. Yeah, he's trying to keep everybody together. The family was the banana stand. The first episode? that might have been the first episode. It was. Possibly. It was okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I do like that Canadian actor, Sarah Gilbert. No, McLaughlin? Michael Sarah McLaughlin. No, Michael Sarah. Oh, oh. Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah Pena. Yeah. No, not Pena. <laughs> Pena. This is Michael Sarah. Where'd you get Pena from? I don't know. <laughs> Who's that? I don't, I don't is his know. name Michael Sarah? Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, he's the banana. He runs the. Yeah, George Michael. George Michael. <laughs> Such a great name. <laughs> you need to give it more of a chance. Like, you just can't stop after one. You just get, go for a little bit. Okay. Go for a little bit. I'll give, I'll give the second episode. But I did give the first one a go. And, okay. and I did right. laugh when he was dressed as a pirate and looking around like, why am I on this boat? Hassah. He's great. <laughs> All right. Funke. <laughs> All right. So the Super Bowl's over. This is always a bittersweet moment for me because we're done, Hans. Yeah. Football's over. We don't have anything until, well, we get a little spring ball coming up here in a few weeks and then. We'll have our 60 and 60 and then fall camp and maybe a little NFL preseason coming up in August. But it's like, oh, man, this stinks. No more football. Yep. We have coming up in about four and a half weeks. We'll get a little spring ball going. And then we have to kind of stomach through this XFL and this new league that's kicked up did you see the usfl and xfl will did you see the email we got on this new i league? saw that yeah it's like that, and no uh something utah's got something to do with it and all the uh the league actually owns all the teams right for, to, for out of the get-go yeah but there's the like 2014 yeah i don't it's, what is it called i don't know we just got an email on it i was very disinterested in it um there is a uh you saw the afl's coming back right yeah Got the arena league coming back, and and I'm a look. I'm a firm believer, and and I know that you played in it for a while uh, and had a great run when yeah. it was at its peak. Yeah, before it, was, it fell apart. This wasn't what we saw right. seven eight years ago. This was when it was Joe Germain. You have a Rose Bowl winning quarterback, uh, guys that are high level football players playing and and putting out a great product. I think the league can get back to that. Getting paid well. Yeah, and getting paid well. Like, I do think there is a market, if well, it's run properly, that the AFL could work. They have to do what they did back when you were calling the game, Scotty. they got to go back to the substitution rules and the two-way rules. I loved when you were a two-way player. Yeah. That's what made it unique when I first came into it. I played in the AFL for four years after I was booted out of the NFL, and... It was a two-way game, so I would play center, and then I'd switch over and play the defensive nose tackle position, and you had a substitution rules. You, if you sub the guy out and your sub comes in, once that sub comes out, he can't come in again, and you can go back in, and I think that was per half. But, but once you go back in, you can't come back out. So I love the old substitution rules. There was a, It was a 21-man roster, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a 21-man roster. And so you had to find the best, most dynamic athletes 
they would exhaust them out. They'd see what two-way guys could really go, bang them up against the boards, slam them into these arenas. So you got the cold weather outside. You got a great environment inside. But what they tried to do was because the the AFL became a better breeding ground for the NFL than the CFL. So they did a one-way deal where guys could just go one way so they could specialize them at the offensive line or the defensive line because – well, we don't want to see a guy switch over if that's not his yeah. position. We want to be able to recruit a guy and sign him out of a position. So they did that, and then they tried to restructure their contracts. to It was a per-game instead of a per-year payment, and it just melted the game down. So, so do you think the way they're bringing it back, do you think it's going to work? I don't know what I don't know if your old rules are in play. I don't know anything out except that they are doing a heavy media blitz at a heavy social media blitz to try to get excitement. Apparently, it's going to be in 16 cities. I don't know what cities those are. But I do know when the Garfs, it wasn't, look, it wasn't the Utah Blaze when the Garfs owned it. That was not a poorly run franchise. I think they were a profitable franchise. It was the league that folded that first time. Yep. The Garfs were running the right way. Jason Jones, I believe, was the president. He was great. And pole, yeah. did a tremendous job running that program. And I think they that they had things going in the right direction. They had great fan support. It was awesome. Look, it's summer. You can go indoors. It's AC. It's a cheap ticket. Yep. They had great crowds. I but the problem is a lot of these other places, like you know, no offense to living on a prayer, but they were given you know owners who want to do say they owned a team but couldn't afford an NFL team. Like John Bon Jovi's buying the Philadelphia team. He doesn't know how to own or run a team. And they were running it into the ground. There were a lot of they were opening up. All these celebrity owners were coming in because, like, oh look, I own a professional sports team. Tim McGraw bought the Nashville team. They had no idea what they were doing, and and it just fizzled away. And then they got bored and didn't care. And then the league went under. But I really think if you have a smart uh, owners, if you have a smart marketing, if you go about it the right way, I do think AFL can be successful. I thought the state of Utah really did surround it well. Mm-hmm. But you brought up the key point. It was the Garfs. The first time I met the Garfs, I was playing in New Orleans. And they came to New Orleans because New Orleans did a great job. I talk about Rita Benson, who now owns the Saints. Rita was kind of given the AFL, and they built their own AFL facilities out there with the Voodoo. This was before Katrina hit, and they just operated it the right way. They brought in great coaching uh, coach New, who I think he's the head coach of Ball State now. He was our head coach oh, really? then. Wow. Um, they had some really good coaches that were built around him and great facilities. And the Garfs came out to look at the voodoo because it was run so well, and they took a lot of different parts that they liked from it. And that's where I met them, kind of an initial meeting, and then, of course, ended up playing for them. But I would love to see the Garfs do it again. I just don't think they will. I think that they – probably got a pretty bad taste when yeah. things collapsed because the amount of money that goes into the infrastructure on that, you know, buying the, the, the irons and getting all the pads and purchasing facilities. And what well, we found out with the AAF or whatever that thing was, I think it was insurance that did them in like they weren't prepared for the costs of medical oh, insurance. Yeah, you're right. Players. That was a big one. The AAF, that was the stallions. Yeah, yeah. What was the what was the indoor one that came along the fan control? Oh, one? I forget. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what that was. That, that the pilgrims that died quick. It's crazy watching some of these teams come in yeah. and go out. And there's really sometimes fast. like 
who we talked to, and I only really did the interview because I wanted to fanboy out, but Al Wilson, a former linebacker of the Broncos, was in on the ownership group of some, may have been that league. Yeah. And he it comes, was that league. And he comes on the air, and I just wanted like, hey, it's Al Wilson. I remember this dude. And we're like, We were just starting the show. Yeah, and you asked him, well, how about these rules? And he's like, man, I don't know. That old Packers like running back to B Bija Miller or whatever was it? Yeah, and you got all these guys and they don't know what's going on. And and you can tell like there are some teams that that try to do something and you know immediately that's gonna fail. That's not gonna work. But at the height of the AFL, when the Utah Blaze came to Utah, it was about the same time that Ray Al Salt Lake started, and they were equals, like in terms of interest and what people were excited about. Like they were people don't People kind of laugh at that now, but if you go back to 2005, like that was, they were neck and neck in terms of the excitement level of what was coming here to Salt Lake City. Well, I hope it rebuilds. I'd love to get a team back here. I would too. All right. Dr. Chapman's hanging out with us again from the Lyft Clinic. And let's talk more about blind spots. I'm, I'm hanging out with the cool guys again. Oh, today. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. You but, know. Uh, but, you know, Cindy brought up uh, the, the term blind spot. What exactly yeah. is that and how is how and kind of the problems that arise from that? Super. So one of the things that the way the head stays truly connected to the neck is through connective tissue. So there are ligaments there, key ligaments. And if, you, if you've been in an accident and you go to the emergency department and they rule out that you're not dying, they yeah. may tell you you've had a, a concussion, but you know what, you're going to live. And they send you on your way and you feel like you're okay. You're not dead. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's a good thing. You know, that's why those guys exist down there and they do fabulous work tra- and they're trained well to keep you alive. But it's, it's that little nuance of like, one of the things, if they do a CT of your head or an MRI of your head or an MRI of your neck, those normal MRIs that are taken routinely in those situations do not visualize the little special junction where the head sits on the neck. So I call this the blind spot. You know, we got those in our rearview mirrors, just mm-hmm. almost in our rearview mirrors, right? And so we don't know there's a car there or something like that. Now we have these little electronic devices that help us detect that. So one of the things, a good way to look at the imaging that we do in our clinic is we look into that blind spot to see if those little ligaments and those little structures that actually need to be intact and hold the integrity between the head and the neck, we look to see if those are functional. And if they're not, I I kid you not, this is where the dizziness and the migraines and the TMJ and the brain fog come into it sometimes years later. So that is an area that I really want to focus on because this, these symptoms, a lot of them just creep in, uh-huh. you know, like I, I had a patient today and this is a gentleman who he played, he, he, he came to us from your program. Actually, he played uh, high school sports, had some injuries, <clears throat> run a very successful landscaping business and um, has always noticed that one of his legs was shorter than the other one, which is related to the head not sitting on the neck properly. And he, he's, he said, for the last 30 years, I've been seeing a chiropractor twice a week. Mm. Wow. It's kind of kept him going. That's and, terrible. And, you know, it would be good. And sometimes it wouldn't – it would be – fall back out of alignment when he was backing his truck out of the parking lot. And we turned to look over his shoulder. And so, you know, we saw him about three months ago. 
one procedure giving him the stabilization appliance that we have to keep that area in position and no pain, no headaches, no back pain, no short leg. And, and he was just like, Where, why didn't I know about this earlier? You know, that's a big question I get. And, and you guys are helping us get this yeah. message out there. So I am so grateful. Well, you are you too, because are. you're allowing people to come in for free. And to get the yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. And like you talked about Scotty's buddy, if it doesn't fit you, you'll yeah. say it doesn't fit. If it's something you can fix, just say, well, we can do it. Yeah. And we'll get you back to good health. And yeah. that's what I love about this. You have a free opportunity to get in with Dr. Chapman, get the imaging, which is the highest of high in technology, and the understanding of what, just the visual understanding of what Dr. Chapman's talking about for free. And yeah. all it takes is a phone call. Just do it. Get in and get the free assessment. Thank you, Hans. 801-877-1199. Call it right now. 801-877-1199. Remember, free complimentary assessment. That includes your images. Really great opportunity to get more info. 801-877-1199. Right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. It's All-Star Week on The Zone, and we're getting you ready for the game as the NBA comes to Salt Lake City. Fires the three! Pow! Listen all week for the best coverage of the All-Star Game with all the best analysis, interviews, and tickets to all the big events. Check this out. All-Star coverage on The Zone is presented by Aquaterra Steak and Sushi. Your home for the best All-Star Game coverage in Salt Lake City is right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to saddle up and talk about the winners and the losers. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, here's the good. Time for the good, the bad, the ugly, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, brought to you by Zero Res. Get three rooms of carpet cleaned, the no residue way for just uh, $89.95. Call 801-288-9376 or schedule online at zeroresaltlake.com or zeroresdavisweber.com. Thought there for a moment he might take it back, Hans. He almost broke it. Britton yep. Covey wanted to give him a little bit of love this morning. His first Super Bowl, his first year in the NFL, He's come out of nowhere. He was a practice squad guy, bumped up to be a returner. Didn't didn't really practice much leading up to the Super Bowl. I guess he was dealing with some injury. I didn't think he was going to play. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, for sure. Like, you've got to be 100%. If you're 
Britton Covey, a guy that's just kind of on the bubble and on the edge. You've got to be 100%. But they put him back there, and he had two returns, one for 27 yards, the one Scotty's talking about that was nearly broken for a touchdown, and then another one that was like 17 or 20 yards. Really nice return that he had. The state would have imploded had he taken back a Super Bowl punt return for a touchdown in his first year. Yeah, this place would have lost their mind. I had my fingers crossed and was just hoping that it would happen. And it would have made sense to all of us. It just wouldn't have made sense to anybody else. If he would have broke one and returned it, we would have all been like, that's that's Britton. That's what he does. He somehow does it in big games, big moments. Didn't he have one in the Rose Bowl or something? Oh, yeah. He had the big one in the first half in the Rose Bowl. Had a big one against uh, Oregon, too. Damn, I almost had two. He had a huge game against Oregon, yeah. That's right. One, uh, it, you kept saying, "Don't they're not going to punt to him, and they did. And they did. Like, well, okay, here's what you get. I loved seeing him out there. Such a great kid. Great youth. Great representative of the, of the state. Yeah. And the only state representative on the field. Brian Johnson was on the yeah, coaching staff, but Britain was the only state representative on the field. Um, the OC of the Eagles, uh, I already spaced his name, is apparently taking the job with the Indianapolis Colts, and it appears that Brian Johnson will become the next offensive coordinator for the Eagles. That's what they're speculating. Yeah. How cool is that? I'm telling you, if if they continue to have some success there, he'll be an NFL coach in five to six years. I'm happy for him. He deserves it. I, there was some, uh, apparently, um, who's the OC at Utah? Why am I spacing his name? Andy Ludwig's hanging out at Notre Dame, going to hockey games with their athletic director. So, I, by the I, way, that's how you're going to woo uh, taking him to a college hockey game. A college hockey game, yeah. I don't know about that, but I saw some people on Twitter like, "Well, let's see, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's not coming back to Utah to be the offensive coordinator. Brian Johnson is not coming back to college bat, college football." Period. That ship sailed. Yeah, you think he, he wants to deal with recruiting? No. And plus, you already fired him once. Yeah. Like, he's not coming back after he's been fired. That ship sailed. Yep. All right. There's your good. Let's get to the bad. Now the bad. Did this one throw you for a loop? Yeah, big time. The Let's, whole crew. The Tubi commercial. Uh, the ad officially called Interface Interruption had your Fox Sports commentators, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, the guys that were actually calling the game. So everybody kind of thought they'd come back from commercial break. And while the two guys were talking, the screen looked like someone was messing around with the remote and scrolled to the Tubi app to watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I did yeah, you catch this one? I I was uh, I wasn't really paying attention, but I did hear the uh, uh, my buddy who was hosting start yelling at one of his kids, like, "Who sat on the remote? Yeah, what's going on?" Because it was really well done and threw people for a loop. Now I don't know is this people is this spot being like are people thinking this was an effective spot because i know it ticked a lot of people off but is it you know we always have those conversations like well did it do its job blah 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 like i don't know do advertising people like this spot i i'll uh, did you see it lloyd i did and i only knew it was a i knew it was a commercial right away only because when it brought up the apps my tv is a little bit older and it doesn't have it doesn't have the tubi app so right away i knew i was like oh this is bogus so i actually i messed around with my dad i said dude what are you doing did and you? my dad's like, what? I, I didn't hit anything. And I'm like, <laughs> like seriously, stop it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scotty yelled at the whole crew. You try to figure out who was messing with it. I, as far as its effectiveness, I'd never heard of Tubi. I'll probably never hear of it again. 
But at least I looked up this ad this morning to get ready for Good, Bad, and Ugly because it was one of those bad moments yesterday where I'm sure a lot of households had that, hey, 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 who's messing with the TV? Yeah. I'll bet there's a lot of people out there, probably millions, that were caught off by that ad. Probably millions that thought for a minute in the it, that their broadcast was being interrupted by yeah. somebody deciding to play a copy of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's a dangerous game because that gets the, the anger going when somebody messes with your TV accidentally. It, Nothing puts you no. to DEFCON 1 more than... Absolutely. So I feel like has, in the middle of a big game. I feel like yeah. that's a, like an adverse... That would have an adverse effect there. And I want to say that that spot hit at a pretty tense point in the Super Bowl. Uh, like I think, I think the score was pretty knotted up, and the game was might have been tied because it, it was a pretty intense moment when it hit. Because when I saw it going, now I didn't host, so it wasn't in my house, so I didn't have the right to yell. But the host of the house did turn around and said, "Hey, who's doing that? Who's doing it? Do they have the capability of having a spot like that? Like maybe floats? Hey, I want this to be." Put in a spot where the, t- um, the where it's very I tight. I don't think so. I mean, no. maybe if it's if, if it's a blown out, you can place it here or whatever. But I think I think maybe they, they paid some extra. I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think that's possible. You usually have. I mean, you right. know, you know how advanced those logs get set. That's the main of your existence. Yeah, yeah. Well, and is that something that you pay Kevin Burkhart and Greg oh, Olson yeah. for? Oh yeah, yeah. And then they just put yeah, a green got, screen yep. with fans behind them. And I pro and I would imagine too. And I don't know the placement of it, but I assuming it was probably the last break or last spot in the spot that, break. By the way, that is the other thing. You so you saw that and the field. That was the other thing that threw it off a little bit. I could tell it wasn't the Super Bowl field. Oh really? Yeah. But well, it was. It got me. I think it got a lot of people. Did it get you at nine seven five hands at Scotty G Zone? I'd be interested to know. Did that Tubi commercial? What is Tubi? Is I, it- I, I guess it's, is it like YouTube TV? I'm like, I know you can watch shows there. Is it like, can you watch live TV there too? I don't I don't know. Because if it's just another movie streaming, it's like. We got enough of these. Keep it. Yeah. Hard pass on that. All right. Uh, there's your bad. Let's get to the ugly. And of course, the ugly. Hands, after the first series of the game, I tweeted out, this field's a problem. Yeah. And not knowing that it would continue to escalate. And then I retweeted out in the third and fourth quarter because it just kept getting worse. But you could tell immediately that field was in a bad spot. How unacceptable is this? Yeah. The biggest game of the year there at State Farm Stadium. And you've got guys that can't get their footing. I think everybody's handled it really well. And I've got a few different comments from a few different players. Frank Clark who's defensive lineman for Kansas City, he said the field was pretty terrible. We've had this problem in Arizona before. A lot of these stadiums try to do new tactics with their grass. They try to do new things. I've been playing football since I was seven. The best grass is grass that's naturally there. Stop trying to throw grass on a field somewhere. You just can't do that. And Scotty, I've played on a lot of different fields that it was like, yeah, we're trying something new. And your feet are sinking, and the turf is giving, and I've played on some really trashy fields, and I'm looking at this field, and when a kicker addresses a ball to kick on a just a kickoff, and the turf gives on the kicker, you know it's bad. 
Yeah. Raiders do something similar with their field where they bring it in. It's yeah. grass like this. And to be honest with you, I don't recall see, watching a game and seeing issues like this. I've heard that field's pretty decent. Yeah. But I so think I this was a similar I don't concept. Think, and everybody's like, well, I've been here in Arizona. It's been bad before. But I do think this was a field specifically brought in for the Super Bowl. That This is not Arizona's normal field that they use for the Cardinals games. This was a game. Uh, and you saw some people before the game, like the USGA uh, tweeted out something like, hey, this is a new, you know, a new turf and something, you know, that we helped innovate. And by the middle of the game, people are like, oh, I'm going to back away from that tweet because yeah. I don't want any, I don't want to be tied to this field at all. Yeah, now, not the time to try new, new innovative no. fields. It's one of the, the trashiest NF- fields I've ever seen. The NFL paid $800,000 for the development and the, and the cost and the and transporting it in this field eight hundred thousand dollars. If anything, you should have you should have yes. you should have tried it with Arizona, who's in that climate. You should have tried it with them earlier in the year. Wait, why something. would you ever yeah. try something new for a Super Bowl? Why would you bring something new in for a Super Bowl? That is Bad ridiculous. Idea. Yeah, uh, Eagles offensive lineman Jordan Mayalta. He said the footing. Yeah, it was terrible. But the Kansas City Chiefs had to play on it, too. So to be fair, they kind of said it was terrible, too, during the TV timeout. So I'm glad that we were on the same page. Hassan Reddick, uh, he's a linebacker for the Eagles. He's the linebacker. He said, if you look at the film, everyone slipped on both sides. I'm not going to sit here and use it as an excuse or complain about it. It was evident, though. If you see the tape, it's it's on there. Everybody was slipping. But what I like is the Eagles, you had all the media members that are handing them this opportunity to have an excuse and they were like hey fella they had to play on it too we're not not taking this as an excuse yes but you run more of a run game a power set you need more footing no no man we it's equal all right from the guy who said that uh that he held on that final play to how they're handling this this is the eagles realizing okay the nfl is staged there was a script the script didn't go our way but if we play nice and we don't ruffle any feathers. We'll get a script on this. Our script will be coming here very soon. It will come up. It will come Our up. script will come about. It will be our time. You know the script. I, I think you were on vacation when the Arian Foster thing came out. Yeah, I was on vacation. And he said, well, you know, the NFL's rigged. There's a script. Yeah. And everybody has to go by the script. I heard he said that. Did you play it? Uh, I don't know if we played it. Talk we talked it? about it. But uh but here's the thing, like it's hard not. Well, like, what was I, funny was all the other players trying to write their script. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember when they wrote that script for me. They came to me and said, "You're gonna blow your ACL in your rookie season." Yeah, uh, I got thoughts on. I mean, I do think that they're like. I mean, it worked for the Broncos when Peyton Manning told Tom Brady at midfield that this is probably his last rodeo. You knew that Super Bowl was most likely going to go his way. And it did. All right. Hey, the Raiders script has been written for a long time, and it's the same script every year. Well, if they would hire good coaches and put themselves in a good... <laughs> the same script every year. Look, I honestly think the Broncos are going to be pretty good next year because I think it would be a great storyline in the NFL. Like, I think the script goes in their favor next year. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl or anything. But Sean Payton, the reemergence of Russell Wilson, like, I actually think that could be a good storyline in the NFL. Wouldn't surprise me if it happened. Take a break. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. I want to get your reaction to uh, to the trade, to where the Jazz go from here. It was an okay trade. It is not one of Danny Ainge's best trades he's made since he's been with the Jazz. You unloaded a lot of pieces, and now as you start to look around and you think, huh, Jazz gave up three rotation players and had to give up two second-round picks and got an interesting first from the Lakers, top four protected. I think it has some value as a trade piece. I don't think the Jazz will ever make it. I don't think the Jazz made a great trade. I don't think they made a terrible trade. I think it's one they felt like they had to make. You may not call it a great trade, fine, but I think they accomplished their two top priorities, adding a draft pick and moving off Mike Conley's contract. I think you're exactly right. I do think Mike Conley was dangerously close to being a team because he's owed $24 million next year, which is a lot of money. He's probably the 18th to 13th best starting point guard in the NBA next year. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. It's time to span the globe for the hard-hitting news you care about. Well, not really. But hey, at least we found it interesting. This is Whole World News on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. We've got, we got the, the whole world in our hands. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. First segment of the 2 o'clock hour, right, Lloyd? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's another edition of Whole World News. So, we're going to stay Super Bowl for Whole World News. Yeah. I don't know how many people even knew this. I didn't know this until this story came across uh, some, it might have been Twitter, I can't remember where this came across. There are three surviving members of the never miss a super bowl club there's wow. only 3 members that have watched every one of the 57 super bowls live at the stadium and they sat down and did an interview with this gregory eaton who has been to every one of the 57 super bowls he talked about they they asked him what's the biggest difference between 57 and and number one that he went to, and he said, well, number one cost me about 12 bucks. <laughs> the first Super Bowl ticket that he ever bought or his dad bought for him cost 12 bucks. But here's what's crazy about the three remaining members. There was like six or eight a couple of years ago, but they're just they're they're dying. Yeah, they're passing away. They're, yeah. they're older. This guy's in his late 70s. So these people, these guys that have <clears throat> seen every one of the 57 Super Bowls, they're just getting older. <clears throat> so only three left. This is what's crazy. All three of them are given two Super Bowl tickets at face value. So They still have to pay them. They got to pay the face value. But they value. get the right to pay face value, which isn't like three, four hundred bucks. It's not. If you can get a face value ticket, it's not horrible. It's not terrible. But nobody can get them. Nobody gets the face value. But these guys have for the last 15 years i think they get the face value ticket they get the option to purchase it and he went the other thing that he talked about so he's been to 57 super bowls and uh guess what team he is an absolute fan of don't say the chiefs the detroit lions oh gee so he'll never see his team in the super bowl he has never seen his team in the super bowl and he believes he will 
He said, I think I got enough life left in me that I'm going to get to see my Detroit Lions. And he said, but I've watched 57 games of teams that I really yeah. don't care about. He's going to need to be 60 more years on the planet if he's going to, before he's going to ever see that. You don't think we'll Super ever see Super Bowl 100 is going to come and go before he has a chance hey, to see Hey, they were headed in a better direction this year. A little bit better. <clears throat> yeah. Four teams currently in the NFL. Out of 32, there's four teams currently in the NFL that have never made it to the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, it's not breaking news, but it's an update. The Pac-12 have released a statement concerning its conference board members and media rights deal with all the bad pub going on. Uh, We'll tell you what that is coming up next because they're getting tired of getting all the bad press out there. So you'll uh, hear a statement from the Pac-12 Coming up next, Dr. Chapman joins us right now from the Lyft Clinic, and let's talk about sleep apnea. People are dealing with sleep apnea. It's not a, not, not a pleasant thing people are going through, uh, and, and a lot of times that can be alleviated by what you do at the Lyft Clinic. That, that's true. Um, so we have a lot of folks that have obstructive sleep apnea and central apnea, which is one where there's a block and the other one where the central nervous system shuts it down. Both of those areas can be affected by the way the head sit on the neck, not only because it's right where the airway is, the upper airway is, but it's also those control systems that yeah. actually control uh, breathing. And we, we have less options available to us to keep our airway open when we're sleeping than when, than when we're awake. Like we can lean our head forward and you know push our head forward. That'll open our airway. But when you're sleeping, you're vulnerable. And so the brainstem has to kick in and try to keep that airway open. So oftentimes we'll brooks grind our teeth too, which can lead to headaches and jaw yeah. pain. I mean, there's a lot of issues. We talk about trauma with car crashes and things along those lines. There's a lot of things that can lead to issues that you can resolve. But the ultimate thing that I want people to know is that these things can be resolved with what you do there. Yes. Yeah. And in the car crash thing is, you know, if you have like, say you sprain your neck, well, that hurts, mm-hmm. you know, and you, and you strain muscles and so forth. Um, and so that can interfere with sleep because it's not comfortable to lay your head on the pillow anymore. And so you're not getting a decent night's sleep, but then the neck quasi heals, but you're still not getting sleep. That's because there's this, this dysfunction going on in those sleep breathing centers where the head and the neck come together, if that makes sense. So it sneaks up on you. So Dr. Chapman, is the fix painful? No, it's painless and it's, and it's, fairly instantaneous it's very it's a very quick procedure how many times do people on that first visit step down and be like oh oh that that feels different that feels good Uh, above 90 percent maybe 95 percent there's a notable difference like that like that right out of the gates yeah and and it's a little disorienting for some i bet i bet because you know i mean usually they have their symptoms that they're struggling with but they also have all this full body postural distortion, like a short leg. And so when they stand up on legs that are actually hitting the ground equally and in a balanced manner, it feels a little disoriented. It's like a sailor getting off the boat, you know, kind of getting their, getting rid of their sea legs for a minute there. So I see that walk down the hall all the time. It's fairly instantaneous. Call the Lyft Clinic right now. Schedule a free complimentary assessment, including images. Call 801-877-1199. That's 801-877-1199. Please call right now. Get those images. 
meet with Dr. Chapman, get the free assessment, and then decide what's best for you. But you got to call 801-877-1199 right here on The Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.